This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Wow, it's it's uh, quite sobering when I think about what the Lord did for me, and I know that um, my life wouldn't be the same if it weren't for what the Lord did. Now, I grew up on the mission field and uh, had the wonderful privilege of seeing the power of God at work, but yet in the middle of all of the various uh, things that I saw, uh, when I got into my late teenage years, I came to realize that I needed to really get a grasp on whether or not I was just going to church because it was the thing to do or because I truly believed in this Jesus who lived, who died, and who rose again. And I remember I had some tough questions because of some various things that happened in my childhood, and I brought those uh, to the Lord. In fact, um, prior to that, there was a time when I actually didn't bring them to God, and I just kind of kept them in my mind. And um, I held them against God, to be honest with you, but I never really had the guts to talk to him about it. And only until I opened my heart to God and said, God, I have these tough questions for you. Did I be able to have, uh, was I able to have a dialogue with God? And he began to show me things as he promised he would. The Bible says that when we seek after God, we find him. And friends, if you're listening this morning and you've had some tough questions, maybe you've been pondering on things or what's this whole Christianity thing all about, following Jesus, what does that really mean? Some of you may have been through circumstances and situations where you've been exposed to uh, a Christianity or a following of Jesus that is not like Jesus at all. And uh, I just want to share with you this morning that the Jesus who came to die for you is a Jesus who would be willing to lay it all on the line. And if what you have seen and experienced is not in line with that, then uh, don't get confused with uh, seeing how someone portrays something with the way that God actually operates. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has a wonderful way. When we are honest with God and open our heart, He has such a beautiful way of getting down to the nitty-gritty and dealing with the issues because God knows our, our, our story. He knows our life story. He knows our pain. He knows our struggles. And in fact, the reality is, is that He came to this earth to deal with just that. And when I think about how Jesus was in heaven and He came to this earth, For the purpose of doing what? He didn't have anything really necessarily to look forward to to down here per se because he knew that he was coming to this earth to give his life. In fact, everything that was around him while he was down here, he created. So it was nothing that um, would benefit him. In fact, for his own purposes, it would have been better off to stay in heaven. But he came from heaven to earth with the sole purpose of identifying himself with you and with me. Now, I don't know all the challenges that you're going through. I don't know your pains in your past, and I don't know your current pains right now. Some of you I may, but for some of you, there may be issues that are very private, and they cause uh, you a lot of pain. And I want you to know this morning that the God who came to live on this earth and to give his life for you did not intend to simply only have a relationship with you on Sunday morning or on one Sunday morning of the year on Easter for that matter. The truth is, is that God intended to be involved in your life 
on a daily basis because he truly cares about you. And the demonstration of that was that God not only said that he loved us, but he actually did something about it. And when he came to this earth and he paid the ultimate price, it was a clear demonstration that he did indeed love us. And it wasn't just lip service. This morning, we celebrate uh, a wonderful event. In fact, the truth be told is that if, if this event never happened, uh, all of our hope uh, would be placed in something that would, um, would not hold any water. In fact, our walk with God, our belief in Jesus Christ, completely rises or falls on uh, the basis of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, if Jesus did not resurrect from the dead, then you and I actually have no hope. And for those who are willing to tackle this issue, you will find that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the critical point uh, for every single one of us to have to wrestle with and deal with. Because Jesus gave his life and he died on the cross, but then after three days, he rose again. The rising again demonstrated his power over death. Now, for every single one of you, including myself, um, we live in a, in a world where uh, one day, unless Jesus comes back before then, we are going to die. And I wish I could tell you otherwise. I wish I could say that there were only a certain small percentage of people that die on this planet. But the truth is, is that every single one of us are going to end up in the grave. That doesn't sound very great, does it? That doesn't sound very hopeful. In fact, that's the reason why so many live a life in fear of death, because they don't understand the hope that comes after. But yet Jesus came and he died just like you and I are going to die. He identified with us in death so that he could also identify with us in life or rather that we would identify with him in life. The truth is, is that you and I in our natural born state, however old you are, are uh, getting closer and closer to the day where this body eventually shuts down. But Jesus spoke about a special event that actually deals with the inside of you that all of a sudden gives you something that will not change when this body passes away. And Jesus referred to it as eternal life. He said that it was being born again or a second time. What does that mean? Being born again simply means this, is that just like my body was born and I matured and grew up and this body grew taller and it filled out from being a baby to become a man, in a similar way, uh, my spirit needs to be born and it can only be born through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that when Jesus rose from the dead, he demonstrated victory over death and also showed us that the life that he now lives, we can live in him. And what that means is, is that your life and my life does not have to have a timeline that looks forward to our death alone. But rather, death is simply a changing of addresses. It's a change of location. The Apostle Paul referred to this body 
as a temporary tent in which we live. But the day is coming, my friend, and sometimes it's not easy. In fact, we just had a dear uh, sister in Christ here in the church, Myra Sintrone. She went home to be with the Lord. For family and for us who are, are here, we, we grieve her passing. But the truth be told is Myra, along with her brother who passed a year prior, are even now this morning on this Easter Sunday enjoying the power of God in his very presence. And I have no doubt that they, it would be very difficult for them to want to actually come back to this planet. Uh, because the presence of the Lord, in his presence, the Bible says, there is fullness of joy. And there are pleasures forevermore. And in many ways, I, I envy Myra because she is joining with the angels this morning and worshiping and, and honoring her Redeemer. And we get to do that here too, but we just haven't seen the full, the fullness of it all yet. But while we are here, friends, you and I have the benefit of experiencing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ today. And I want to talk to you about that because uh, so many times we can think about our walk with God as something that is looking forward to the future, especially in these times that we live. Maybe many of you have turned your focus and attention to think, wow, are we living in the last days? And of course, the answer is yes. But sometimes it can become all the more focused when we see these challenges going on all around us. And so when we see these things happening around us, it can really uh, bring that to the forefront of our minds. But the truth is, is that God desires for us to live not only with a focus on just what's coming in the future, but what about today? What about today? I, I know that we're uh, under um, limitations in our ability to be able to go out and uh, to be able to congregate with family and friends and large gatherings and so on. And so sometimes in these situations, we can settle in to say, well, I'm just going to kind of, I'm, I'm just going get, to get through this and I'm going to work through it. I'm going to just focus on the future. And there is some hope in looking forward to the future. But friends, the truth is, is that we don't always know what the future holds. So sometimes we can put our own natural hope in something and then that hope can be dashed. Has that ever happened to you? You were looking forward to something and it didn't happen. You were planning for something and that just totally took a left-hand turn and all of a sudden that's not happening anymore. So uh, rather than uh, allow our hopes to be in the temporary, what I want to do is turn your attention for a moment to something that supersedes whatever happens on this planet. The Bible tells us that we are to set our attention, our affection, our focus on the things above and not on things on this earth. And when you begin to do that, then when everything goes away you didn't expect, it won't throw your world out of whack so much because you're not, uh, this is not your home anyways. The truth is, is that many of us uh, on this on planet today, there are many on this planet today that will not be on this planet tomorrow. And so what's most important is being ready today so that we can live in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, 
Jesus over and over talked to his disciples about what was going to be happening. In fact, he had talked to his disciples about the fact that he was going to die. He told them that he was going to be crucified. He told them in advance that he was going to raise from the dead. And all of these things not only were communicated by Jesus, but also they were spoken of in the scriptures. But the disciples uh, were seeing all that was going on around them, and they allowed the circumstances to kind of put their focus aside. <clears throat> and so um, in, in the occasion when Jesus ended up uh, giving his life and then he was buried, so many uh, of the disciples ended up kind of just saying, wow, that was, uh, that was pretty crazy. We were with him for three and a half years and now it's all over. And uh, Peter, you may recall, he ended up going back fishing. And uh, he's like, I, I thought this was going to end differently. And yet, Jesus had a plan that they weren't remembering. It wasn't that they weren't aware of it because they were, but they didn't fully grasp it. And I believe that for you and me, there are things that God is doing in our lives that we don't always fully grasp. And uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning because there are things, thank you so much. that God has in store for you and for me that we may not even realize. So I want to just share with you a few things from the word of the Lord this morning. And I want to uh, ask you if you would turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now listen to these words in verse 17. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17. It says, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. Boy, that would be some bad news, wouldn't it? You live your life, you, you believe in Christ, and then all of a sudden uh, it doesn't amount to anything. And uh, what the Apostle Paul here is saying is, is that you need to understand the importance of the resurrection. Because if Christ was not raised, then our faith is useless and we're still guilty in our sins. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, then he did not have power over death and he did not have power over the penalty of sin, which is death, which you and I both live under. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And so that paycheck is coming our way. You may say, well, I'm not such a bad person. But the reality is, is that every single one of us, no matter how good we think we are, we have all done wrong. If we're honest with ourselves, we have done wrong and we have fallen short of God's perfect mark. And so none of us can truly enter into the presence of God without victory over sin. Sin is the problem that keeps us from God. And the only one who could deal with that problem was Jesus. You see, there's a lot of religions in the world. And, you know, sometimes people get a little bit confused about, uh, well, what, what, what about this? And what about that? And, and what about if, if that person just tries their best to, to do what they can do? Won't they be able to get in? Well, here's the reality, friend, as I said earlier, is that if there was another way for people to enter into the presence of God, don't you think that God would have said, all right, have at it. Take care of that. I'm not sending my son to get beaten and whipped and killed on a cross for you. If you can take care of it yourself, 
No, in fact, Jesus himself said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. So you see that all of these uh, religions, what happens is, is that people try to make their own access to God. But the difference between what God did for us and what we try to do for him is that we can offer him whatever we want, but it's never going to be enough. And what happens sometimes is, is that we can deceive ourselves to think that we can offer God something that is so good that that will merit our entrance into his presence. But friends, we have to come to the realization that no matter what you give to God, you could make him all kinds of promises. You can give him all your money. You can give him your entire life and do stuff good for people all your life. All of that in itself will not grant you access because that never takes care of the sin issue. And only Jesus could take care of the sin issue. So that's why in verse 19, it says, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Verse 20, 1 Corinthians 15. In fact, Christ, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. It's interesting because when Jesus died, did you know that there were many graves that were opened when Jesus died and they actually came to life? You can read about it in the Word of God. When Jesus died, he paid the price. And when he rose again, he demonstrated victory. Verse 35, but someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What, what a foolish question, the Apostle Paul says. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you're planting. Then God gives it the new body that he wants it to have. A different plant uh, grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh, one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and stars each have another kind, and even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. Praise God. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. Now, the Apostle Paul here is talking about what is planted and it dies and then something new comes alive. During this time, over these past weeks, I have been talking to the Lord about all that has been going on regarding our church family, regarding each of your lives, your families. I know there's so much going on for, for so many of you, a lot of pressures, a lot of concerns. 
and God knows about all of them, and I'm so glad that uh, he is willing to carry our burdens. But as I think about all of these things, I really uh, believe that God is taking these pressures and these challenges, and he is going to be working something new and something fresh in our lives. And I want to challenge you, friends, be ready for what the Lord has in store. Don't just be ready for tomorrow or next week, maybe hoping for things to change in a certain period of time, but be ready today. Seize the moments and the opportunities. When you're at home and you don't have a lot going on, don't waste your time. You know, sometimes we can just kind of look at, well, what am I going to, like, spend my time doing until I can do what really matters? Why not take the time to do something that really matters today? Why not take the time that God has given to you in your home to get to know your spouse a little bit better, get to know your kids a little bit better? With this extra time, God can help you to be able uh, to make a good investment in your family. And in the middle of what may seem like a, a great challenge, God always has such a beautiful way to turn it around for good. So my heart is encouraged because I know, because I am his child, and because you who believe in Christ are his children, that God is up to good things in your lives, even in the midst of all that's going on around us. Now, the Apostle Paul goes on to talk about uh, the transformation that is going to be happening. And he says here, let's go down to verse 50. Verse 50. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies will or must be transformed into immortal bodies. And then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Listen to these words, friends. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, friends, you and I have victory because of what Jesus did for us and because of his resurrection in the middle of all that we are dealing with in this world. There is coming a day when the Bible says it'll be quicker than you have any time to respond to. It'll be in the twinkling of an eye. Now, it's interesting how the Apostle Paul said not all of us will die. Now, generally, everybody dies. But here he's speaking, and he says not everyone would die. Why does he say that? Because there is, a, there is a special event on the horizon, and the Bible speaks of this very clearly, that Jesus is going to come back for his children. And the trumpet is going to sound, 
And those who are dead in the graves are going to rise from their graves to be in the presence of the Lord. Their bodies are going to be resurrected. And for those of us who are still alive, we are going to be transformed. And we are going to go to be with the Lord forever. We're looking forward to that. But the main and important question that I have for you today is, are you ready for eternal life with God? I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad your heart is beating. And I'm glad that your lungs are breathing. But what about the life that goes beyond when your heart stops and your lungs stop breathing? What then? There is hope beyond this life. And it can only be found in Jesus Christ. It's why Jesus came. And it's why he rose again. So that you and I could know that there is a blessed hope. Whenever I have uh, friends or, 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 or family who pass that, that know Christ, while it is sad, there is also this wonderful peace of knowing I'll see them again. Because the Bible says that when we confess with our mouth, and we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we then are saved because of what he did for us. Friend, I don't know what challenges you faced in the past, and I'm not sure what kind of representation you have received of who Jesus really is. But I want to encourage you to take the word of God, and a good place to start reading is in the book of John. If you haven't done that, open the Bible. And uh, start reading in the book of John. Get to know who Jesus is. Sometimes as followers of Jesus, we can mess things up in how we present him. But Jesus is perfect. So don't get thrown off course because of what someone who said they were following Jesus did to you. Go to the source and find out what Jesus really is like. You may actually find that it's a whole different picture than you thought. Because Jesus loves you. He cares for you so much. And while we say he is risen, and while we truly do celebrate this day of resurrection, I know that there are many people who are dealing with the realities of death all around this world. There are many people even today that are grieving. And yet in the middle of all of that, I'm so thankful that God does not leave us hopeless. But he gives us something to look forward to. Today, God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to do it through Jesus Christ, his son. The opportunity is completely up to you. God provides the option, and you and I have the free will to make the choice. Friend, the resurrection will actually do you no good unless you allow what Jesus did to be appropriated in your life. What does that mean? Well, that simply means that God offers you a free gift, and you've got to accept it. Until you accept it, it's not yours, even though it's got your name on it. And so what you need to do is accept that. And you need to say, God, I do believe that I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. And I accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. I want to take a moment to give you an opportunity right where you are. If perhaps 
you've never made this decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you did a while ago, and you've kind of gone your own way, tried to do things your own way. The Holy Spirit is calling you back. Friend, I don't know what your future holds, but the truth is, is that God has a plan for you that goes beyond this life. Don't bank on the fact that you've got a lot of time ahead of you. Be ready today. Be ready today, would you? If you're there sitting in your living room, wherever you may be today, and the Spirit of God has been tugging at your heart, you may say, I'm not 100% sure that I'm ready to go to heaven. Friend, you can be 100% sure based on the promise of the Word of God. And if you would like to make that choice today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And as we pray together, would you open your heart and allow the Lord to come in and make you a brand new person? Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I need you. I repent of all of my sin of all of the things that I have done that have dishonored you. I'm sorry. I do believe that you died in my place. That you died so that I could live. I choose today to receive your free gift of salvation. Please wash my heart clean. Please make me brand new. And please write my name in the book of life. I choose from this day forward to live my life in obedience to you. Thank you for washing me clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you meant that from your heart today, then uh, you are welcomed into the family of God. Oh, not just by me or by a church family, but by the angels in heaven. The Bible says when even one person gives their heart to Christ, all of heaven rejoices. If you made that decision today, I want to invite you to communicate with us. We'd love to uh, stay in touch with you and to help you in your next steps in your walk with Jesus. Would you email us at contact at clc413.com, and we would love uh, to be able to communicate with you. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to make sure that you are able to get one. To everyone this morning, I know that bearing burdens can be difficult, but I want to challenge you today. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't look at what you see around you. Don't be dismayed by the way that our world is going. God has already told us in his word that things are not going to get great, but unfortunately, even worse. So where is our hope? Our hope is not here. Our hope is in heaven. And we need to remember that Jesus rose again in victory, and you and I can live every single moment in victory as well. I want to pray for all of you this morning that the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that same Spirit that rose him from the grave, will breathe hope and life into you. If you've been just kind of feeling like 
down in your spirit, just kind of laying around, not sure what to do with yourself, I'm praying today that the Spirit of the Lord will fill you, that you will have life, that you will have a whole list of things that God gives you to do, that you can be busy about His business, and that you can be filled with His joy. Would you join with me in this prayer? Father, I'm so grateful for the wonderful privilege that we who know your Son have to look forward to a blessed hope. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that that hope is not only something that benefits us way off in the distant future, but today we can live in eternal life, that your Spirit can infuse us, that you are the God who gives life to us in the here and the now. In fact, for those who may be even feeling sick in their body, your same life-giving spirit can touch them and heal them. I pray for that now. I also pray, oh God, that you would give peace to those who may feel a little bit overwhelmed by all that's going on. I pray that they would continue to turn their attention back to you and that they would find stability in your promises. I ask, Lord, that you would bless every single one who is watching today. I pray that you would give them a blessed hope for today and for the future. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone watching who made that decision to follow you, I pray that they will continue to walk with you and that they will not give up and that they will trust you. I pray, Lord, that you would bless every mom and dad, every child, every young person. I pray for our seniors, oh God. I ask for a hedge of protection around them. I pray that you would keep them healthy. I pray that you would keep them free from the virus. I pray, oh God, that you would help us as we do our best to take precaution, that you would remove every fear. I pray, Lord, that you would fill our hearts with a confident assurance in you. And may you, like you did for the Israelites, feed us with manna from heaven every single day. For we don't buy, live by bread only, but by every word that comes from your mouth. God, would you give a word to your people on a daily basis so that they will be able to thrive and not just survive. Lord, I ask your richest blessing upon them. And I thank you for what you've already done. And I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. May the Lord richly bless you this Easter Sunday. May you enjoy time with family and whatever uh, gathering of, of people that you have there in your close-knit uh, circle. But more than anything, would you be sure to welcome the most important guest at your table today? And may the Holy Spirit fill your home and may the peace of God be upon each and every one of you. I celebrate the resurrection of our Lord with you today. Hallelujah. He is risen. Have a wonderful day. It has been a joy to join with you during this time together on this Easter Sunday online. God bless you all.